Welcome to Strange Deer, your weekly podcast about the strange but true stories behind your favorite works of fiction. Hosted by Juliana Valente and Kay Cook. So that's yeah. amazing. Uh, oh, and you've got Beyonce hair going with that breeze? Apparently I do. <laughs> <laughs> My effects people are getting paid double their yes. usual salary tonight. Oh, well, you do have... Say, which is to say <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Most of because I'm schwitzing like a pig because we are on my... The lanai again. The lanai. <laughs> we are on the lanai, but it's also currently set up for, for an my, office. Yeah, and my yoga studio stuff. <laughs> so, and that's probably why, as much as I'm always wearing sweats and stuff, I do look like I'm about to go exercise after this because, in fact, I might be. For good reason. Um, yeah. But we're in the same room, which is odd. <laughs> it's been a few weeks since we were in the same space. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this is happening. But I we like can it. Prove it. See, Juliana's there, and I'm here. <laughs> now it's weird again. All right, and the mic is here. And as you all have known, those who have been listening for a while, we have the airplanes that come over from time to time, because I live in the approach to Teterboro Airport. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this week is kind of fun and cash, and we're on the Super back cash. porch. At, but you picked a, like, last week I picked an article uh-huh. that made me go, oh my god, and this week you picked this a while ago and sent it in my direction. And Yes, and this, yeah. is, not, this is not a subject that makes me go, oh my god, but it's a subject that's important to me. Yeah, and I, it's... Fine. I'm going to start off this episode with a, just a straight-up confession. I don't read nearly as many plays as I should. Um, I am familiar with a lot of stuff going on in the article we're going to be talking about. I believe what it was called 25 contemporary plays that every actor should know. That's right. Did I pull that out of thin I, air? Uh, Go that's me. exactly right. And I think it's uh, should read, not... No, you're right. You said it verbatim. Look at me on my lack of sleep. Uh, but yeah, I do not read nearly enough plays. Um, but I am—I have passing familiarity with pretty much everything on this list. One or two I don't. Yeah. And I have a couple quibbles with a couple of them, actually. Good. So this should be a fun discussion to be having. Good. Um, but first of all, how was your week since you're in front of me? We always try to do this when we start each episode, but it's weird when we're in the same room. Yeah, I feel like you know most of my week because you've been a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we so had 1776 rehearsals. We so did. That was, that was really, that was yep. really, really mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Pretty just a rehearsal. Yeah, and you had a little Valley of the Dolls stuff mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Start Masterclass tomorrow. So when this drops, I will have been fully in that <laughs> fully world. Fully immersed in that world. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is exciting. Oh my gosh. And we are actually recording on what I typically call, consider my dramaturgy day for 1776. So yeah. um, I'm spending time with John. But uh, we're not necessarily talking all 1776 at all. No. But that's fine. <laughs> but now we need... Well, another thing about this list that caught me was I was like, "Tell me in the show." I will do it in the show. <laughs> I we have this problem where Kay just needs to talk off. I need to not talk because then we have no content, and then I'm not surprised. I'm like, I know, and then you get like this face, RBF face. It's a fun thing that happens between us. <laughs> so, do you have your story moved, or shall we continue to let the <laughs> story is officially moved? All right. So, yeah. So, what's What's this thing I'm seeing on the running order in front of me? She said casually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When I was 12 years old, I was not a theater kid. I didn't know a lot about theater, but I was a book collector. Um, I've always been interested in antiques um, and specifically mid-century. And so uh, an antique store, I think, not a used bookstore, but an antique store, I got a beautiful book that was a collection of Eugene O'Neill plays that was published maybe the in the 1950s. Wow. So I I took it home. I'm 12 years old. Now, I mean, actually, I was not a theater kid, so I loved T.S. Eliot and did not know what Cats was. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was my thing. I knew what Cats was, and uh, I went, wait, these are poems? Yeah, like, no, I mean, I knew what the poetry was. I had yeah. no idea it had been turned into... So uh, an odd avant-garde musical where <laughs> yes. people will walk through the audience and occasionally rub your leg and somehow we're not disturbed. <laughs> the theater geek in me had not yet been awakened. Right. I was still a book nerd. So I read, a, uh, I started reading this collection of plays and I'm 12 and I I was precocious in some ways, but I didn't understand it. Okay. Um, but re- reading the preface, I knew that I was, it was supposed to be important. Okay. Do you know what I'm I saying? get what you mean. Yeah, I no, was no, no. being told it's just this the, is the wording thing. made me laugh. Yeah. 
So I just put it aside. Mm. And a few years later, maybe two or three years later, I picked it up again and I was like, oh. And this was also like when I'm becoming alive to the world of theater. Um, So all that, all the way to introduce, we sometimes, you mentioned that you don't read a lot of plays. I'm not as well read as I should be, truly. And sometimes even when people say, oh, you have to read this, sometimes we just need to fall into it on our own yeah. because I think of the, the reading of script and analyzing of scripts as being a very personal process even yes. though I do consult a lot of analyses and reviews mm-hmm. um, to help with my interpretation it's still um, something that once you get into it's not hard to, yeah. to keep falling into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely no it's um, yeah was it as we're going down this list, do we want to, like, how do we want to unbox this a little bit? Do you want to just kind of say this list out, like, talk, or do you want, I mean... Well, has there, have, is there ever a play, been? have you ever read a play that you've never seen? Frequently, uh, especially, I did major in musical theater, yeah. and so, you know, we actually had, like, a thick... I, nowadays, you'd probably get it, like, electronically on, like, a tablet or something, yeah. and a bunch of PDFs from your professor, but... Yeah. Um, I say this ten years ago when I was in college, um, we got... A thick book, like of like photocopied. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like a, David Baker. Like, like I love a you. Syllabus. Of yeah, thick plays. of plays, and it was like three tall women yeah. and like so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that that came to the top of my head, but I think that was actually the first play in this bo- in this binded thing that we got. But we read a lot of those, and I actually found myself wishing that there had been more of a chance to see these performed. Frankly, uh-huh. I. I am a visual type learner, yeah. and it, actually, it was seeing Shakespeare performed live that really unlocked it for me, uh-huh. as far as the classics are concerned. Um, but there, there are a number of plays that I was like, you know, I, I would want to see it performed. Like, I actually wrote a, um, one of my big term papers was on August Wilson's play cycle, mm-hmm. um, and one of his plays is on this list in yes. this article, Jitney. Yeah. Um, and I read them all, of course, but I didn't really have the chance, especially in my very upstate New York, white suburban. There, they weren't like I couldn't go see radio golf tomorrow. It wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, so in in that way, I sort of wished I'd had the ability to to see see and read yes. mm-hmm. all of Wilson's cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of the top example that comes to my mind. Because yeah. I had way more opportunities to see things like the Iceman Cometh or right. all these. But I don't want to mess up our order yeah, here. Yeah, but yeah. can I just say I've got an issue with one of the plays on this <laughs> list? As of a course. Cl- because I'm not sure why the seagull made this <laughs> as a, as a modern Contemporary? Contemporary. That's what I'm saying. Chekhov is considered contemporary. Okay. Um, Because it's 1896. I went contemporary? Really? (laughs) Like, I get it. It's like a mid... I I totally understand why it's something you should be familiar with. Some people cut off the definition of contemporary uh, in different places. Okay, yeah. uh, Around, you know, 1950 or pre-World War I. Which I guess is where my brain is at. My brain tends to go uh, post-World War I on. Okay. That's me personally, but a lot of... Uh, analysts will call. Got it. Okay. Because I was just looking here, like, Burr? yeah, okay. I know, I you know. know, you know that guy who I bumped into at the <laughs> cafe the other day, Anton Chekhov, who's still <laughs> cracking out hits. God bless him. I don't know how his knees are holding. Well, up, but. and it also speaks to um, the style mm-hmm. is a more contemporary style compared to right. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. And where he was, I okay. get it. It just it just stuck out. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of 2015 on this yes. list. To be honest. Yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah. this is my second year. I don't know if we've talked a lot about this, but this is my mm. second year reading 50 plays a year. And I, the reason I found no, 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 no. I, that's because I I feel humbled by. Right this world uh-huh. and this profession so yeah. the least I can do is read a play a week. be read it yeah. <laughs> take a couple got weeks it. off got it but um, the, uh, so last year I, I did it I kept a spreadsheet I, mm-hmm. I'll show it to you sometime I'm really excited I'm in sec- my second year I'm a little bit behind and this article uh, I pulled up because I'm thinking what's what haven't I read yet where what's, my, what's on my list where are my what, gaps yeah. right what mm-hmm. do I need to catch up on to right. to get me back in because I think I'm something like 10 books behind for where I need to be at this point in the year. If you're um, behind, I'm hopeless. Sorry. <laughs> so, if you're enjoying this episode, 
Perhaps you should roll back through. I'm going to intercut with Juliana right now because I'm killing her, but I'm not breaking my focus at all because you are all that matters to me, camera. And those who are going, I'm interested in this episode, but what else should I be listening to? Then you should go back to episode six, Stars of the Stage and Silver Screen. And I'm also going to be seductive right now because I mentioned one of my favorite people in the world, Jerry Orbach, and B. Arthur. And who else? <laughs> Paul Newman. Paul Newman. And Shelley Winters. And Shelley Winters. Why are we saying you should, if, as a compliment to this, because they would have starred in many of these plays we're discussing today. So um, check that out, won't you? Wow, oh, how can they not check it out after that? It's like she's sweaty and her hair's a mess. I'm turned be on. Checking out of you know what I mean. Staring down the barrel of the lens. So let's just get into the into the article. You can find the link to the article In down notes. below. I'm, yes. I'm pulling a K right now. Oh, good. Fi- fi- <laughs> you can find a link to the article below. Read along with us if you like. Yeah. Um, Backstage.com, a fine resource that if you're... If you're in the theater world, shame on you for not knowing. But if you're a tangent <laughs> to the theater world, yeah. become familiar. Because there's some good content there. There's really great content. You for can... example, this article. Yeah. So... Um, this is the backstage guide to the 25 contemporary plays every actor should know. Alphabetically. Alphabetically. Arranged. So we're, yes. we're going to start with Angels in America, Tony Kushner. 1991. Do you agree? Is this one? Totally. Totally. And, and it's, I, it's a great way to kick off the list. My big regret is I did not get to see this revival that yeah. just closed because, um, I mean, it cleaned up at the Tonys for a reason. It did, yes. And um, it's classic. If you have not, I would say, actually, as I'm looking at this list, um, you're a contemporary actor, if you're unfamiliar with Angels, get on that now. Yeah. I've heard from many people that this play has changed their life, mm-hmm. whether in reading it, performing it, or watching it. Yeah. Uh, this is Adore. very powerful. Adore. Play. August Osage County. Ah, uh, yes, that was <laughs> Tracy Letts, which I'm doing in September. That was brand new. Yes, that is. That was your most, most recent booking, and I'm jealous. That was <laughs> brand new on Broadway uh, the year I graduated from college. So I not only read it, I and you see it in New York, but yeah. we definitely talked about it in my classes, and um, absolutely deserves to be on this list. Yeah. 2007. Blackbird. David Harrower. Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> 2004. Actually, I was surprised. I was like, that's from 04. Like, I, I guess I felt like it was a little bit more It kicked around recent. in the UK a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, before, before yeah. it came to Broadway. Mm. But we have some very dear friends who just Gee. performed this off-Broadway and... Had a fantastic run. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see an interview that we did with them. Yep. Uh, we'll also link in that our, episode below. In our archives, yes. yes that's yes. right. Barry Child, Sam Shepard. Dang, 1978. That blew my brain back a little bit. I didn't realize it had been around that long. Uh, and that's one I'm less familiar with, to be honest. Yeah, Sam yeah. Shepard, uh, again, you know, some of these plays are important because they define a new way of acting mm-hmm. for actors, a new way of writing right. for playwrights. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Shepard's absolutely one of those totally. who is almost his own genre uh, that way. Correct. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Oh, man, baby, which was, uh, I believe, it was a book in 03, right? And then it was adapted not too long ago in 2012. Um, Curious Incident uh, jumps out to me because it won a choreography, Tony. <laughs> like, plays don't do that. But it's so vital for this piece. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I would actually say for contemporary interest in theater as well, that's definitely one you want to get your hands on and uh, take a read of. Right. Because um, uh, I had a couple friends who didn't get to see it in New York, but they told me they saw it on tour, and it was absolutely right. phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Another play where I get a, the report a lot that people leave change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, choreography, Tony. That's so weird. For, <laughs> that's so weird. Okay. Okay. Disgraced. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? Uh, not a whole ton. That was the same year, 2012. This is one of the shows I know is kicking around regional theater right now. Mm. So uh, if you're joining us from somewhere else in the U.S. and you don't have access to Broadway or off-Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, there's very likely going to be a production of Disgrace. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's definitely you. making the rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doubt. Oh, God, a classic doubt. John Patrick Shanley. Oh, my God. I read you that. Know, John Patrick Shanley is <laughs> on, as an author, is on the do not perform list for college 
audition oh monologues. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, list I know. Of, like these are overperformed. Oh, freaking so, yes. So some uh-huh. lists say they come out and say anything by John Patrick Shanley or anything by Neil Labute. I mean, it's, it's funny. Really funny. It's funny because again, musical theater being much more my realm, yeah. it's kind of like Jason Robert Brown. Anything from Songs for a New World. They go, please don't. <laughs> right. We've all heard Stars in the Moon until we're ready to jump off a tall building. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there's a, but there's a reason, John Patrick Shanley. There's a reason. It's it's I find it easy to perform because yeah. it is so. And that's where I was kind of going with that too. I was like, when I recently saw the City Center uh, songs for New Worlds, I was reminded. I was like, there's a reason these songs yes. are standards because they are well done. And yes. Shanley's, you know, monologues as such that you pull from his work is very much the same case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked on a couple different productions of Doubt. Yeah. Uh, there was that very famous film adaptation that was yes. only a few years ago, right. uh, Meryl Streep, and um, no, it, it totally belongs on this list. And uh, that was from '04. I was. I, yeah. I put dates on all these. I'm glad, I'm glad you did. That's how I'm helping. Yes, it's super helpful. <laughs> Look at me helping. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> uh, Eclipsed is something that's also going around the regional theater scene. Yes, um, and I have that. It's from 2009. I, I made little marks next to some of these if it had like a moment for me because it's an all female cast yes. and it's African American, right. which is I feel not okay representation on this list. But as a genre, especially mm-hmm. female African American focused plays, are deeply under right. appreciated, underperformed, under noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spoke about August Wilson yes. in the first segment. This this was kind of a little side passion for me when I was in college yes. because. I was in such a lily-like community. <laughs> I did have, I was fortunate to attend a church where we had a Hispanic congregation and we had quite a lot of uh, diversity, but in my day-to-day, especially in my like my high school experience, like that just wasn't really a part of life. So in yeah. college, I felt this desire and this need to jump into the genre and really explore what's there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so something like Eclipsed, I, which I have to admit, I... That's one I really want to see performed. Yeah. I have read. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of It was on this just off Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know what the deal is with the rights, but I know it's being performed um, regionally. Totally. Right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different. The Glass Menagerie. Tennessee Williams. Only in alphabetical order would these be back to back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Glass Menagerie, which goes back to 1944. I mean, that that's another one that I would say contemporary from the standpoint of where we're kind of drawing that line yes. in this episode. Yeah. Um, but and acting styles changing a bit, you know, being important mm-hmm. for that. Um, I've done design for the show a couple times. I've never been in it, but most assuredly read. Um, it's another one that I look at this list. I'm like, that's a classic for a reason. Yes. And if you don't know Glassman Azure, get on it now. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, the Heidi Chronicles. Do you know you know this, right? Of course, I know that. I mean, uh, you ha- you can't have a degree in theater no, without having read uh, Wendy Wasserstein. Nineteen eighty-eight, The Heidi Chronicles. Yeah, that's. Do you do anything? You, I feel like we could cast Heidi Chronicles pretty easily. Oh yeah, among our easy our friends group. Totally. That's yeah. that's another thing us theater people do sometimes. We'll be like, we have friends and we really love these plays. Yeah. We love to, we're like, okay, well, nobody's producing it. Let's all just at least do a sit-down reading. Yeah. And that, those are so much fun. Oh, yeah. One of our good friends has been doing yes. that a little bit. And I hope we get back to it soon. Yes. It's a lot of fun. It's a joyful experience. Um, yeah, God. And I'm realizing how long it's been. This might be one I need to dust off, me and my library card. Um, I need to go take a visit <laughs> downtown. I'm excited about the next one. The next one is Taylor Max here. Here. H-I-R. Because this is, of all of this on here, I think this one carries the experimental banner the yes. strongest. Uh, and it's pretty. It's a 2015. That's very, very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I have not read this piece. Where I have read I? reviews on it. Um, it. It plays fast and loose with gender norms. Yeah, it, there's a trans role, I think, it, uh-huh. for, for one of the, of mm-hmm. the actors. I am, th- and that's why it's called H-I-R. Yeah. Here, pronounced, but it's a mix between her and Sir, right? Or Are she and he? He, he and yeah. she, yes. Um, but it, I'm, yeah, that's, I, if there was one, as I was looking at the list here, going, I need to read that, like, tomorrow, that's on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's just deeply intriguing. I think I read, like, a review, like, it wasn't Times, but it was like one of the theater blogs, and I went, this is fascinating. Yeah. Please, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Humans oh, is man. next. Did you see this? This was, this. I feel like, just ran. What's yeah. the on this? I did not see it. It's 2015, mm-hmm. so, or at least original productions of it. I didn't put down, like, when it hit Broadway necessarily. Right. Uh, like you were saying, certain things were kicking around for a while before they mm-hmm. landed. Mm-hmm. But um, The Humans, haven't read it. I haven't read it either. I and mm-hmm. this is d- definitely going on my. We're making so much homework for ourselves. List. <laughs> <laughs> it's like episode <laughs> slash. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't read enough. Yeah. That's that's how this whole thing. Oh. No. The, yeah. None of this is intended to make you. This isn't shaming. Shaming. <laughs> and truly, you know, they're different kinds of actors. You know, mm. some actors only want to do, like, improv. Or mm. they only want to do uh, film or television or commercials. If you're going to do theater, uh, we're not shaming you. We're just ha- encouraging each yeah. other. Get read. See what's to, out there. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And I, informed. And, you know, I, I guess I'm also a little bit hard on myself because there's no reason someone who's in musical theater should be <laughs> turning a blind eye to plays as much as there are days I do. Um, ooh. Indecent. Yeah, Indecent. 2015, initial production. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see, have you seen this? Have not. I, I heard a thousand things about it. Yes, Paula Vogel, mm-hmm. who's like royalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've submitted actually for this. Indecent's a good But it has not been. Um, a solid base. Yeah. You've read it? Um, or, yeah. Part, parts of it? Yeah, yeah. I, um. I'm sitting here thinking about it and going, I, I had a couple friends I know who went to see it mm-hmm. because the production, it was like, if there's one thing you catch before it closes that oh. season, it was make sure you go. Do you happen to recall like their specific reaction to it? Um, I've actually heard that it's polarizing, that it's yeah, exactly. to that was, sell to regional mm-hmm, audiences. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and th- that was, I think at least one of my friends, their concern on that was going, yeah, it was super powerful. I don't know what kind of legs it's going to have regionally or... Because you, you, do, you do have to think about it. You used your producer brain last week when yeah. we were talking about things. And I think a lot of times with some plays, you know, you look at them and go, it's making a really strong artistic statement, but you also have to put on the commercial hat for a minute and be like, is this going to work? Is it going to get produced a lot? You know, musicals sometimes have an easier time of it from a standpoint of people will come see a toe tapper. But... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. That's my old timey voice. It was really bad. Uh, <laughs> my classic theater voice. Well, see? I mean, but then you'll, that's why in musical theater, though, you have things that weren't so commercially successful, like a Seussical that will now live forever with kids' oh, troops. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it comes to some plays, like Indecent is a really thought-provoking piece, mm-hmm. but I think because it's it's written about a taboo situation yes. to begin with, right. like... Um, yeah, I think it would take the right company willing to do it in the right market yeah. would be kind of where I'd... Yeah. Haha. Now we've got Jitney. Jitney, 1982. Uh, part of what I'd mentioned before, August Wilson's play cycle. Um, kind of the uh, African American experience through time. Yes. Like this thing. I. It was kind of the thing I got directed to when I said, this is an interest area of me. This is where I sincerely don't have much knowledge base and have not had the opportunity to see these things performed. Mm-hmm. Um, so of, of everything in the cycle, Jitney is the one I would put up here. He um, writes it in 79, right? Yeah. What? He writes it in 1979? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it... And then it made it, uh, yeah, 82. Um, oh, man. This is... I just have to keep telling myself this is alphabetical because some of these, the way they're abutted. I know. I feel like we're, <laughs> Because We're <laughs> zipping around from era to era here. Because now we have Eugene O'Neill, <laughs> Long Day's Journey, Journey into, into Night. Night, 1956. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really more closer and contemporary to the Glass Menagerie than what Correct. we just spoke of. Yes, but a very different voice. A very different voice, um, yeah. For, uh, but point, I'm bringing up the years on these also just yes. to talk about kind of in the framework of what society was paying attention to and tuned into at that point That's in right. time. Uh, and we are a yeah. theater history podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's on point here. But Long Day's Journey totally deserves to be on this list. <laughs> oh. <laughs> noises Off! Yes, Noises, 1980. You've uh, done tech for Noises Off, right? I have done backstage work on Noises twice now. Okay. Um, part of the Which reason- is a huge part of the you know, production. Theaters that don't do musicals produce Noises Off because it's huge. Or theaters that are only known for musicals and don't okay, do plays. Okay, okay. I was like, me. what? Yeah. I went backwards. <laughs> theaters, theaters that only do musicals and don't uh-huh. do plays, that you'll see them do noises. Uh-huh. Because it's huge. Yeah. It is... I mean, that said, the production that I did down here, we fit into a very tiny space, and it was partly because we... The ingenious set design of Jim Simpson permitted our ability to turn the set completely around because yeah. noises is a show within a show. Yes. Um, and you want to see the backstage action. In fact, the entire second act. I yeah. can't imagine you doing it without having a, sh- a set on a turntable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, theaters that only do musicals, you'll see them throw noises in there. And it is kind of your slapstick comedy standard for a reason. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. It's lo- so well written. I love what the... I, I do want to quote the article here because it's uh, it's 
summarized here. It's included because it is a masterclass in a lesson every actor must learn, regardless of genre. Timing. <laughs> Noises Off is an ensemble piece that works only when every single member of the cast is performing with their timing nailed down to the millisecond. Yeah, and it's one, it's one of the few plays that... Um, I mean, you will have fight calls for plays all the time, especially in, like, a Shakespeare piece or something where it's really dangerous and you need to be careful. But, like, we had stage choreo calls for noises because, especially that second act, it's not the dialogue. It's all the stuff that's happening. It's making yeah. sure that he swings at you with the axe at the right time and Brooke is clear so that we can drop the panty. So if you don't know noises, I'm not giving you anything clearer. You need to look this up. <laughs> Hopefully all of what I'm saying right now is enticing you. I'll throw sardines in here as well and now go look. But, uh, you know, noises noises totally deserves to be on this list. It is and so funny. You're right. The order, <laughs> the juxtaposition here because we go into next Larry, uh, Larry Kramer's normal heart. The normal Heart. Elsewhere, like this should actually be in the same conversation we're talking about Angels in America, yes. sort of. Yeah. Um, but uh, Normal Heart was 1985, mm-hmm. um, which caught me uh, because I, I'll be honest, I backed into Normal Heart via Mark Ruffalo's uh, production, the the film version. Yeah. Um, and I. I have a friend who's in that. Yeah, it's. Oh my god, I cried so hard. Um, Normal Heart is heavy. It's tough. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I guess what I'd say to you is maybe not necessarily if you're unfamiliar with Angels and Normal Heart, don't do it as a two shot, um, <laughs> unless you have access to a very sugary beverage or <laughs> a pile of kittens and puppies Aww, to make you feel better. Yeah. It's deeply important theater. They are standards in, I guess we're going to call a subgenre, sure. uh, talking about what was a super taboo subject mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Year on Normal Heart caught me because um, it shouldn't have in hindsight because, of course, it was written right in the height of the AIDS epidemic. Yes. Um, but it required absolutely read that. Um, and now we're moving on to a piece <laughs> that should have been mentioned with Jitney, A Raisin in the Sun. That's it. Uh, which is 1959, which makes it a contemporary in the same breath where we're talking about Glass Menagerie and Long Day's Journey. That's right. And this is one that I've never read, but I've seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so it'd be interesting to go back in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, if we're talking about things that theater troops will produce and not necessarily like Raisin, I see get done a lot for theater troops that for whatever reason might not do something in the Mm -hmm. Wilson cycle. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, it's Raisin, so it's a classic. And I was like, yeah, but you can do more there. You can can do more there. I would love to see like a production of Raisin in the Sun, something in the August Wilson cycle, do Carolina change, have a musical, like I'm programming my, I was like, you know, Go into this is your season now. Yeah, uh, I had a friend do a very successful production, Carolina Change, and people were like, "Wow, I didn't even know this thing existed." I went, "Mm-hmm." Yeah. Oh. Ruined. Ruined. Is next on the list, and uh, it got the. This nice is one of those times that actually these belong in the same genre. Yeah, like, going, yeah. 2009 Pulitzer Prize winner. Yes. I'm not so familiar with this. It is, and that's one that I'm also looking on here. Um, I put Fs next to ones that were female-heavy plays, uh-huh. and I went, why do I not know this as well as I should? Um, yeah, it's very, very recent, and um, yeah, I need to put that on my on my short list as well. Yeah. Um, and now, oh boy. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the thing that I criticized in segment one is back. Uh, the seagull. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here, can, let me give the argument. Defend the seagull. Let me give you the argument. Okay. Uh, let me get a little nerdy. Please. Okay. I'm not cross my crossing my arms makes me unopened. Let's you. let's talk about Beethoven for just a second. Yes. If you look at Sorry, if you I'm look helping. at the first part, the first chunk of Beethoven's work, mm-hmm. it fits squarely in the classical period, the same world as Mozart and Haydn. But something happens. And he becomes the father of the Romantic era. He, there is an evolution in his own writing that ushers in a brand new era of classical orchestral composition. Yes. OMG, it's a big deal. Chekhov is a big deal, too. It's the same thing. He's ushering in contemporary theater. Got it. It's a, so, so that's why it's, you know, a lot of people will say, well, he started it all, should he then become... So he deserves to be kind of leading the parade. Correct. Yeah. Where there may be some playwrights who are contemporary to Chekhov who fit still in a post-romantic era right. that would not be considered contemporary. Where this one, I think, is really 
They weren't forwarding my style. They weren't. They weren't pushing things yeah. forward. Got okay. You know what? You sold me on it. Uh, and yeah. It's in also- fact, it, this is another. Way. I, what, I do want to quote the article here. Anton Chekhov is, in many ways, the grandfather of contemporary dramatic playwriting, due largely in part to his implementation of what isn't exactly in the text. Okay. Subtext. Interesting. Yeah, brings yeah. Brings in no. the idea of subtext. And I've read The Seagull. It's been a long time. But, yeah, and I've, that's one I've never seen performed and probably should get on that. <laughs> I This is one uh, that I performed in college mm-hmm. after obsessing over it. Then obsessed okay. over it some more. And I've, I've never... Um, and then you obs- obsess some more? I continue to obsess. I like so it. This is a this is a work that I obsess over and uh, I hope to direct nice. one of these days because I'm just so obsessed. <laughs> yes. The next one, Significant Other. 2015. Uh, I love that they call this, it could be uh, called Millennial Drama. Okay. Yeah, you know, actually, this is going to this is gonna make a quick pop out for me as far as um, one of my friends who really isn't into plays, and I'm sitting here going, I need to read and catch up, and I know this is where I'm lacking. Um, the number of plays, I've, like Broadway plays I've seen, I can count on one hand, unfortunately. Um, I've seen a lot of regional, this and that, but like if I have a choice between a musical or a play, I'll go to a play every time. Mm-hmm. But one of my friends who, you know, that's me being open to it and wanting to at least yeah. try the flavor. I have a friend who goes, eh, why, why do you bother with the contemporary play? It's all about a Tickets one... Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Hey, look, there's your producer hat. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it keeps dropping in out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, but kind of going... God, but they're all, like, four people sitting in a room on a couch talking about feelings. Or, like, a family throwing things at each other. Okay. It's not, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, well, way to be very dismissive. But at the same yeah. time, then I look at how many on these lists. I was like, family drama. Yeah. Family drama. Family, family drama. drama with throwing things. <laughs> family drama with AIDS. Like, yeah. just, 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 <laughs> we can cut that. Sucks. But... Subtitle for this episode. Oh my god, no! And and so it was one of those moments where I was like, "Yeah, but it is really like the vehicle to explore things, and how much more universal than people sitting in a room and talking about shit." Yeah, well, I mean, why why do sitcoms usually start in people's family rooms or in their office spaces? We could take that <laughs> argument and be yeah. like, "Well, how many situation comedies are people sitting around in their yeah in their apartment that mm-hmm. they should not be able to afford?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know who I could be referencing. Who has a skylight in New York City? Okay. Well, clearly, she's able to pay for this place with her barista salary. Uh, yeah, so I just—I guess I just wanted to pop that out there yeah. as we're talking about things like Significant Other in here. And Significant Other is definitely kicking around the regional theater scene. Mm-hmm, this, the totally. theater where I'm doing Masterclass uh, tomorrow, they just closed Significant Other mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Nice, so. nice. I know it's around. Small mouth sounds. I am so <gasps> this whole strange piece. I'm so intrigued. We got it. We yeah. just see it though. We got to like, get into it. You can't read it. Well, you can read it. I, not really. <laughs> Explain it quickly, because this of, of, of everything on this list, this is even though I you know sort of pointed it here. This is okay. This goes into experimental. Yeah, for sure. Weird area. Um, yeah, yeah. Two hour drama uh-huh. with almost no dialogue. The spoken dialogue. Right. Um, see what, what they describe it here. Um, you know that acting is as much is is as much what is said as what is not, oh, and bringing to life the literal blank pages <laughs> of this very human <laughs> triumph will require any actor to acknowledge as much. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's let's figure it out. Wow. Uh, moving on to Speed the Plow and David Mamet. You know I have a love-hate relationship with this man. I think everybody has a Mamet thing. It's... I read American Buffalo in you, college. You can't I have Mamet with being like, Mamet, but Mamet. Like, it's like... <laughs> Good lord. Uh, and, and he's also another playwright that I kind of obsess over. I kind of stalk. I... He's on my Google alerts. I listen to every interview. I've done his master class on writing. Kay raised by very conservative parents. Home for the holiday. I have the text of American Buffalo that I'm oh, pouring through. Do not let them see that. I left it on the table. No, no. <laughs> Dad was like, what are you reading? And I went, please keep paying for the last two years of my college experience. Oh, no. <laughs> Needless to say, my parents will not be going to Mammoth. Were I to perform in a Mammoth, which I have not, not that they have come to many of my shows recently, but yeah. uh, it would definitely be a... Uh, not for not for the Cook family. Have you seen Speed the Plow? I have not. I saw Red. it. Yeah, I saw it. You saw it, and it was <laughs> amazing. It's so fast. Um, 
great. It's satire. Mm -hmm. And you gotta have your head's gotta be in that place. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be in a special place when you see David Mamet. Jesus. Okay. Oh, Mamet. Here's another one that you might have an issue with being on this list. View from the bridge. A view from the bridge, which was 1955. Yeah, this is Arthur Miller. Yep. Who is the only Miller on this list? Which is crazy, right? Yeah. That 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 the hit me. I was like, um, I. <laughs> Is it bad that I love Arthur Miller because of Marilyn Monroe? No, it's fine. <laughs> it's what your reference point is. Oh, golly. But, no, Arthur Miller is one of those that, um, I'm surprised Death isn't on here. Death of a Salesman isn't on yes. here. Yes. Or even Crucible. Crucible is the one I've done, and it's because it's got a big female cast, and I feel like it gets produced all the time. Can I give an opinion? Sure. I think it's easier to get people who are not great actors to do something histrionic than to do something a little more quiet and yeah. honest. You know, that's fair. So I feel like with young actresses who have all of the moot and... <laughs> all of the Abigail... <laughs> yeah, there's so, so much angst <laughs> yes. that's ready to come out mm -hmm. that this, I, I feel... Yeah. Is, is appropriate for colleges, not just then the casting ages are about mm -hmm. right, but, like, this is stuff that actors like to do. Yeah, it's also, you know, anything, that you, you kind of hit it on the nail on the head with the history angle of it, because also you're going to get cross-major stuff. You're going to get people who are, you're going oh, to come to see Oh, I histrionic. Oh, histrionic. But well, no, there's a plane, sorry. but no, you're right. Yeah, there's yeah. something to be said for, a lot of times if it's history-based, yes, it's right. easier to get other people into it and the producer right. they put their hats on you know kids have to read actually I think high schools a lot of high schools still read Crucible are we still so. a puritanical society uh, still how we, we could have deeper after after t conversations yes. and essay Talk questions back. on the <laughs> test my first job out of college yeah. uh, was basically director of education for an opera company and mm -hmm. I wrote curriculum. I wrote the study guides that when high schools or junior highs mm -hmm. go see a production of something, they have to, to get funding from the state, they have to have like an educational component yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, things like Crucible, those study oh, guides are so easy to write. Because pretty much. 19,000 of them are written and I've told you yeah. my experience in college when I was working with the New York State Theater Institute. Um, we did 10 a.m. performances for school groups, yes, of, no yeah. matter what the show was. Right. And we would do, they were called in-services afterwards, exactly where thing. those of us who were free labor, slave labor interning, <laughs> uh, were matched up with a company actor, um, and we would lead a class. So for me, as far as like educational component in your theater, that's just like second nature. I was like, what do you mean you're doing a show without having like a talk back or a conversation with the audience? Like that's always been deeply embedded in what I do. So yeah, something like Crucible, it, it writes itself as yeah, far as that's right, concerned. Yeah. Um, a View from the Bridge, yeah. I read before I understood acting. Okay. Um, and then I saw the movie. Right. And I've never seen it performed, but this is absolutely going on my list to read this year. I really want to revisit, and because I'm curious, How I don't we, remember reading it. And we, this is this has been a couple episodes in a row. We've talked about this now, but kind of being like revisiting a piece later on in life and having a whole new kind of lens on it yes. and going, that's new what context. was going on. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're almost at the end of the list. Very and, lastly, uh, and what a way to go! I know, 1962 with. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm. One of my favorite pieces of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Uh, actually requested to, this as an anniversary present. Okay. Um, two, three years ago. All when right. this was, was playing off-Broadway. And it. it was fantastic. It really is. If it, like if, you're, if your relationship is in a good place, it's a great date movie. It's <laughs> a great date play. Great date see. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But it's... Um, if you're watching this performed well, yeah. you're gonna have very deep feelings. feelings on it. Yeah. Although I'm looking at this title and going, my friend who was like, people sitting in a room talking about their problems. I was exactly. Like, right, this fine. is the genre of <laughs> yes, sitting in a room talking, sometimes throwing things, sometimes <laughs> frequently throwing things. But Edward Albee is another playwright who we could list several of his works as important contemporary absolutely, plays. Absolutely. Um, but I, I do like that they chose this one nice. for a, yeah. a short list of 25. A short list of 25 plays, which we broke down from piece to piece. Hopefully one of these has jumped out to you, um, and uh, or all of these have jumped out to you. Or if you're Kay, you're going, my library card's going to get some use very soon. <laughs> okay. 
It's all good. It's all good. Um, so if you are new to our channel, I just ate a really sour berry. <laughs> so you're like, oh. If you're new to our channel, okay, it's like. Let's try this again. Take two. Take two. If you are new to our channel, Strange Deer puts out a new episode every week, yeah. and sometimes we drop bonus episodes throughout the week. Be checking so, out if you're not yeah. following us already, go ahead and click subscribe Below. to be notified for future episodes and to join our Strange Deer community. You can follow us at Strange Deer on Instagram and Twitter, and we also, also have a Facebook page. Huzzah. If that's your jam. Huzzah. And actually, keep your eyes on Facebook and Instagram, because that's where we go live on Thursday nights, if you want to see what we're up to. What do you if you want to If you want to peek. A okay. sneak peek before we before we actually a, make the episode. sneaky peek. I won't be eating any of those berries ever again. <laughs> like the corners of my mouth There's right now. There's like squeezing <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of plays. And I, I feel like, actually, in a way, there was a period of my life where I was guilty of feeling like, why should I read stuff that is out of my casting type? Right. Or, and I think that might be why I leaned into, when I got to college, being like, let me read August Wilson's play cycle. Um, because, yeah, not going to be in any of right. those. But I think what's important about it is, I mean, beyond just like being well-read and being, oh, I'm theater. It's, it's oh, I can keep- join this conversation. Yes, exactly. Look at me bellying up to the bar with my water glass <laughs> because I am classy. Um, You're a damn classy broad. You know? I like it. You know what? I actually am wearing pants. It's great. No, um, I don't know why you think I wasn't. Hashtag no pants, no problem. Uh, none of this is making error, which means all of this is making mm-hmm. error. But sincerely, um, being aware of kind of the currents of what's going on around you, as far as, especially like current writings, yeah. what what is kind of catching people's eye, I think is important. And it's... The best thing about the play, um, as I'm making myself take off my musical theater hat, which I keep trying to put back on, um, it it really lets us explore things that are going on. One of the plays that I wish had made this list was Lobby Hero. Yeah. Um, which actually you saw that recently. I right? did. I saw. I was happy, in. lucky to see. Yeah, actually, that was one of those things. It was on my anniversary yeah. with my husband, and um, Pac and I were just looking at what was on TDF, and we went, "Let's go to this," and it yeah. wasn't wasn't just because I love Captain America and because I love Chris Evans. That didn't hurt, but... Can you put heart emojis coming out of my head? I could. Spoiler alert, he's not, though, Captain America. He was playing kind of the D-bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. He's acting. uh, No, exactly. No, he's he's still fine. No, but speaking to... um, It felt like it could have been something that was written, like, right now. Um, it's and it's just four actors, yes, in a room, friend who I'm not using your name, talking about problems, but they're in the lobby of a building. Um, but it, I think the importance of reading things out of your casting type because you're not always going to be perfect for every part and every piece, and um, staying aware of what's being said and expanding your own damn mind. I mean, beyond that, and being like, just to say, you know, I think a lot of times when we jump for parts, we're like, there's something in it that resonates with us. And it's like, that's my life experience. Um, mm-hmm. Or that's totally out of my, my life experience. Yes. And I want to, you know, that gives me some safe distance. Mm-hmm. It depends on how, how you best function. Yes. But um, in reading something that you could never put yourself in at all, um, there's, there's great value to that. Yeah. Um, and I encourage it. Just describe to our podcast listeners mm. what I'm doing right now. You're nodding a I'm lot. Like so yeah, yeah, yeah. amending what you were saying. Lest you think that Juliana has fallen off the lanai and <laughs> or she jumped the plane that flew off. And now I'm talking to the speaker, but there's a camera there. Um, she's, all of you, all of you out there in podcast land, can you hear me? <laughs> she's she's deeply into what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes, telling you right I'm now. amending. Yes. So, and I'm just going to talk real quickly. So, we've, we've listed off these plays. Maybe some of our other strange years out there have been interested in some of these plays. Or maybe they feel stuck because they're wondering, how do I get access to these plays? How can I actually read them? So, let me tell you how I find plays to read. Some of these are absolutely free. Free is a good word. Free, free is a very good word. Free, yes. free, free. Or low cost. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, 
You can go on your town's library or your ca- county's library. Libraries exist. And no, no here, you can either hold, put a book on hold that's mm-hmm. in your library system and they'll send it to you and send you a little email. Yep. Please tell me you use the libraries. I use interlibrary loan. I I live by the interlibrary. Interlibrary loan is yeah. a fantastic thing. They'll order mm-hmm. it for you. You'll get an email saying it's there, and you go to your your local library and mm-hmm. you pick it up. Yeah. Or uh, at least with mine, um, you can get ebooks. Exactly. And they send Everybody. you a link to your email. Most places have ebook availability. And a now, lot absolutely. of yeah. these works you're going to be able to find uh, via ebook. You can also find things on Kindle, iBooks, Google Books. Uh, if, if you want to buy them, sometimes they're about five ninety nine, right? Yeah, nine ninety nine. Yeah, uh, depends on the work. Because I think the other thing sometimes people go, well, physical copy. Like I, I do know people who want to buy it. Like they they are very yeah. into like the Drumble Bookstore experience. Yeah, I'm getting there. Like, but where's there. my space in my house? That's well, why the ebook is so and much. I'm trying to start yeah. the easiest to get to right. versus like actually use your legs for something. Okay. Uh-huh. The next one is as far as like what can I do from from my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, scribed or scribed? Yeah, I do not know how it is pronounced. I it, that's a, another one of those words. We do this every week as well, scribed, where we scribed. go. You write it down, and then you're like, "Wait, how do I say that?" S C R I B D. Strangers, feel free to correct me. I'm an idiot when it comes to pronouncing some things. Uh, scribed, scribed, scribed. Uh, yeah, you can find uh, a lot of cool stuff there. Lincoln Center Library, if you've ever gone to the Perform- Library of Performing Arts, right. uh, they're at Lincoln Center. Great, uh, great resource. Amazing resource. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you mentioned the drama bookstore in New yeah. York City. Oh, yeah. oh, you can actually sit there and read. Uh, you, know, you don't have to buy it. I know, exactly. <laughs> okay. And uh, I don't think they'll kick you out if you're trying to be cultural. Now, if you do want to spend money, you might go to Amazon. I've gotten a lot of scripts from Amazon. I've gotten a lot of used scores, a lot of used Actually, the, to, to, yeah, the marketplace on Amazon is a huge, fantastic resource for secondhand stuff. Yeah. Because sometimes there'll be pennies on what would be, unless, you, unless you're married to a pristine copy, which is fine. Right. Uh, I, uh, I just want to read it. I yeah. don't care if it's got your old blocking in it. Yes, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, then you can go straight to the source. DBS, Dramatic Publishing Company, BroadwayPlayPub.com, SamuelFrench.com, StagePlays. Dot com. Um, a lot of options. And you can, you can purchase from the publisher. Yes. Um, last two. You can ask your friends if they if they want to do a script swap. Yes, absolutely. Right? Um, Maybe we should get this going. We totally should. Um, and it's it's Maybe the next time our friend Amy has another uh, reading, we can bring scripts and trade and be like, I read this. this I would be good that. for that. Here, right. I'll hand you proof if you can get me wit. You know? That's yeah. right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> This is how I'm bringing in other things that I have written at the bottom of my list going, why aren't you on this list? Yes, (laughs) yes. So your friends. And then finally, wrapping back to my Eugene O'Neill collection that I got when I was 12 from an antique store, you can always try an antique store or a used bookstore and maybe be inadvertently introduced to a work that you were not familiar with before. Hey, bibliophiles out there, I consider myself part of your ranks. There's something very... Sensuous about a book. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's something very sensuous about uh, reading oh, a book. I like to put my nose right in there. It I smells just... like text <sighs> and ink and must and paper. Semen. I, we're done. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn. This is how I, I hope you believe that. I'm gonna have to What's making you strange this week? This week? This minute? This hour? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, I have been kind of, not certainly not as busy as you've been, but I've had a bunch of new things happening and kind of in the interest of just decompressing and having my space to have a silly laugh. Uh, Packy and I have been Netflixing ourselves and uh, this does sort of tie into things that have been performed on Broadway. Uh, it's not going to be on your 25 plays list, but... Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, no, uh, I, I've been enjoying myself some John Mulaney and Nick Crawls. Oh, hello! Uh, with their two fabulous, creepy, old male characters, uh, Gil Faison and George St. Giegland. Uh, <laughs> stupid, fun, laugh at things, feel dirty for it. Also just watching Mulaney stand up on the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I love Nick Crawl. I... Have you watched Big Mouth? 
I haven't. Okay, so I, you got to check it out. Again, I've been in a role in this one. I've been setting aside my serious brain and just letting myself yeah. laugh at too much tuna. Uh, <laughs> I'll add, I'll add some, I'll add some Nick Crawl to my to my running yeah. order. But uh, yeah, so I've just been in that kind of have a silly laugh mode, which I think everybody needs. So if you haven't and you have the Netflix, you should be checking out. Oh, hello. Nice noise. Nice. That's nice. The Netflix. Uh, and what's making you strange this week? <laughs> well, well, well. Okay, uh, n- new book, new to me book um, that I um, It's so good. It's so good. It's Stella Adler on America's Master Playwrights. Okay. Yeah, you're tying right in. I had to stretch a little. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, because this is kind of my hobby horse, right? You uh-huh. know, and so it's not hey. easy. I, I got it all in the <laughs> in the chamber, ready to go. What chamber? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Not that chamber. Not that, it's not the chamber you're thinking of. Mm. But in her in her preface, she it's it's a del, she's a delightful writer, um, and she writes so well on our craft. I just love everything that she writes and that she says. There's a reason she's still Adler. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, she begins the book saying, uh, "If when people ask you what what is your profession, what do you do, and you say I'm an actor, you sound like an idiot." And she said, what we should be saying is, I am an interpreter of scripts. Uh, and so I just wanted to read to you just a, just a little bit, yeah. just, a, just a paragraph from this preface to this book, because it ties into what we've been talking about. Cool. Understand your profession. Interpretation means that I'm going to find the play and the playwright in me. I'm not going to do Ibsen if it's Chekhov. I'm not going to do Chekhov if it's Strindberg. I'm not going to do Strindberg if it's Shaw. These are different playwrights with different minds, and they say different things. The things they say will stay in literature forever. They want something. They have the mind to say it. They find the form to say it. An actor has to be big, enormous, a giant. His mind, his feeling, his ability to interpret must be that of a giant. I love that. So, I love that. Stella Adler on America's Master Playwrights. Fantastic. Good stuff if you are a theater actor. I love it. I love it. So, I have no way to tie that to too much tuna. <laughs> At all. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. And stay strange, dear. But not in a way that gets you arrested. <laughs> You're going to stop doing that? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> all right. And now we're not going to see each other until the end of August. Which I is fine. know.